to Four Downs, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Four topics, four downs. Now here's your hosts, Aaron Ellis and Monty Moore. everybody and welcome to another episode of four downs episode 10 we're in the double digits i think i think i counted right but they still let us be on the air yeah can't (laughs) believe it (laughs) you know what if my other show on brandon off topic makes it on the air this one is this is like (laughs) like a child's this is this is pbs right this is a lullaby (laughs) (laughs) compared to that shit Uh, i am your host aaron alice and with me is monty moore how are you doing monty I'm good. Happy Friday. How was your Thanksgiving? It was fantastic. Drank too much, but that's the name just of the another game. just another weekend. Be- because <laughs> because of the holiday, we actually are we're recording on the day we're supposed to. So I know <laughs> it's only our second it's time recording on a Friday. Right. Yeah, very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Anything can happen. Um, yeah, how was your holiday? It was good. It was super low key. It was literally, um, it was just me and my girlfriend. I cooked everything and we bought a pie for dessert and it was just super chill, which is exactly the perfect way that we wanted to spend it. So hell yeah, that's exactly what I did. Me and my boyfriend went to a local place that, yeah, they, we didn't go and hang out with family. We just went and picked up, um, a turkey dinner and it was really delicious and yeah, ate too much, drank a lot of whiskey and watched football all day. It was there perfect. You go. Yeah. <laughs> if you are new to this show, the premise is uh, we're going to ask each other a couple of questions, go back and forth, four questions total, and uh, kind of prepare you for this week's game. Uh, the Packers take on the Rams and welcome them to Lambeau Field uh, at 425, I believe on Fox. So or 425 Eastern, sorry. I'm yeah. on Eastern time zone now. <laughs> so 325 Lambo time. And um, I am going to kick things off. Oh, well, the, our first first things first is uh, we look at the previous week's game and we are going to sum it up in one word. So I'm going to let you go first, Monty. All right. So my word is deja vu um, because unfortunately we've seen – a big game play out like that so many times recently in, you know, in the NFC championship games, obviously this game didn't have those kind of stakes or anything like that. Um, but we've, we've seen the, the best players that we're supposed to have. Now Aaron Rodgers was on fire in the second half, but we've, it was a defensive collapse, especially compared to the way the defense has been playing. And right. obviously a lot of context goes, in, goes into that. We know about the injuries. They didn't have Gary. It was just to see a unit that had been playing so strong. That's a bad spot to have a bad game. And even with all that, they had a shot to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just, we've seen games play out like that too many times where the offense starts too slow by the time they really turn it on, which they did. They scored four drop, four touchdown drives in a row. Um, but the defense had a bad game that time and we didn't have that game where our offense and defense can both play well enough. And that's what happens at the end. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, and the, really, I think mainly the problem was the secondary. Like, I think there was a pretty good pass rush. Yeah. I think the linebackers were okay. There, uh, Chris Barnes had a really bad tackling game, but Devondre Campbell carries that goddamn defense again. <laughs> again, <laughs> um, he carries that that position group. Um, but the secondary really struggled. And um, I am actually going to go with kind of piggybacking off of one of your points is optimism. Um, you mentioned that they still were in that game. And that is something that the, it feels still fairly new to the Packers is they're still learning how to, when they're down, battle back. That was something we saw in the LaFleur era, era for the first couple years. Um, I think the NFC Championship game against the Bucks was the first time that we we saw them battle back after getting yeah. punched in the mouth. And you know, then the Saints game happened and there was absolutely nothing. And I was like, oh no, it's another Matt LaFleur loss. Like this team <laughs> just cannot come back from behind. And they've started to show that. And I think that they showed that this week. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but it, it took everything to go wrong for right. them to lose. The officiating was a mess and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> and the... I mean, Kirk Cousins nearly threw about five picks, I think. Yeah, I mean, that, um, that was the thing you, you talked about earlier um, with, that you, met, you made the comment where, you know, it, they they were close. And, mm -hmm. you know, to, to put it into context, again, Kirk should have had at least three picks. Yeah. Minimum. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it's a matter of finishing those plays. Right. Yeah. And one one turnover the game they win the game and and i think yeah. that that is very the, the packers are one of the best turnover pot like i think their turnover ratio is one of the best in the league so yeah. i think that they i don't know what their plus is but i know their plus a lot yeah <laughs> they're they, one of the they've had a right. really good season with turnover so that's they always very will because rogers just doesn't turn it over right exactly yeah. but it's very uncharacteristic for that defense to not capitalize on those moments so that is kind of why i'm saying stay positive the defense struggled the it, particularly the corners like they could not turn their head around savage dropped multiple picks um <laughs> one that maybe was a pick but you know yeah. um, but it it I, that is the, I think, reason to stay optimistic. I think um, the bigger deal for me in this game is losing Elton Jenkins. The L, it sucks because it's a division game, so right. those are a bigger deal to lose. I'd rather lose against, you know, the Bengals. I would have rather right, switched yeah. those games, you know, but it, it is what it is. But I, I think the bigger loss is, is Elton Jenkins, and we will, you know, discuss more of that um, yeah, and later. I saw a lot of people say, and I agreed with this too, in general, you don't feel bad about losing that game uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, just the way it played out, it's a divisional opponent. They were, mm -hmm. they were desperate in every sense of the word. If they would have lost, if the Vikings would have lost that game Sunday, their season's all but done. Yeah. Um, so they, they were getting healthier. They were desperate and you wouldn't normally feel bad about losing that game, but it just, yeah, you lose a guy who's become obviously integral to your team with Bakhtiari not playing yet. But right. the, the worst part about these injuries is we're, you know, we're halfway through the season, late in the season that affects his next year now. Right? right. I mean, Elton Jenkins is you're looking at, I mean, if you, you can't put him on the same timeline as Bakhtiari because everybody heals differently. I mean, mm -hmm. remember when Bulaga tore his ACL, he was back in literally like nine months. Right. So it, you, you never know, but it's just, no matter what, it's going to affect part of his season next year. And it's just, 
it, it seems like we can't we can't get anything good without something bad happening. And right. That, that, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And and it sucks that even despite losing Elton, they couldn't come away with the win. Um, but I mean, Zimmer threw his entire playbook at the Packers. Oh, yeah. I mean, they basically said we're doing things, which I kind of thought was hilarious was you guys are four and five. Where the hell have these plays been? <laughs> you saved this for literally your Super Bowl. So <laughs> I, I like the corners had a bad game, but they, they played plays that they have not been playing all season. Like they were running shit. Like J- Justin Jefferson said before the game, like these DBs are not ready. Like we're going to yeah. throw some stuff that they haven't seen. And that's, that's part of the reason and while that's not great but i, I think it no reason to panic except yeah, for the elton jenkins injury that's the only reason to panic <laughs> yeah and you know shout out to justin jefferson he had an amazing game right. and he's going to be a problem for a long time mm-hmm. um but i mean you had two plays in particular you had the one touchdown that he had on stokes stokes was in a good position he's just he's got to work on tracking the ball. I mean, right now right. that really seems like that's his one weakness as well. Yeah. He which, does not turn his head around. Yeah. And like that will, that will come with time, but he's, he's having a great season. He just has to fix if that one piece of his game is keeping him from being already in elite corner. Right. And he's in his rookie season. And then you had the, the long play to Jefferson that Savage got the interference on. He was a half second too early and same thing. He just couldn't find the ball. Yeah. Both of those guys are in position to intercept those passes. So right. Just, like it, it was that. funny. The official or the um, broadcasting crew made a, made comments about how, you know, wow. Like, you know, Kirk is really like, you know, do playing really well. Yeah, and it's like, I don't, it. like, do you not want him? I'm like that? Those are dangerous. That's some Brett yeah. Favre, like luck, you know, that, yep. you, that they're not picking it off. But um, so I think again, at least one of those balls in any other game is picked. This was just a weird game and it just, things were not, nothing fell in the Packers way. They, you yeah. know, the fumble that, you know, they couldn't recover. It, it just, things were not going their way. So just best to move on and hope for the best. And you get a chance to get revenge in a couple, in a couple of weeks here. Right. So. At Lambeau yeah. week 17, yep. although maybe we'll be resting all our starters. So it won't even matter. Who but, knows? You know. <laughs> Uh, so let's get things started. Uh, I am going to go ahead and ask my question first, uh, because okay. this does have to do with last weekend. This also has to do with Thanksgiving. <laughs> so it seems that this has been a season long thing, though. The officials seem to be a really big storyline in the season. Uh, Hockley's crew in particular. Awful. <laughs> have been terrible. They, they were officiating the Packers Vikings game, um, calling some really weird calls like, Lucas Patrick lifting his head oh and my God. somehow and they called that yesterday against yeah. um the Raiders I believe yep. and they had in the Raiders Cowboys game yesterday on Thanksgiving 28 penalties um including I think three to end the game like it, it was ridiculous on on the game-winning field goal ridiculous was it the game-winning field goal? yeah that was the uh, one yep, that was yeah, in they, overtime it was in yep, overtime they, yeah. they alternate penalties at the end there right yeah and If you're the NFL, because my biggest thing is I think the NFL will not change officiating or will not acknowledge that they they have problems or that things are shitty because they have egos. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen the NFL admit that they've made a mistake. The closest thing was the fail Mary, but they didn't say that it was a bad call. They said that it should have been a penalty. And that is the closest you will get to them (laughs) making saying that they made a mistake. So putting, if, if there's no ego involved, um we're heading into the playoff push here uh this calls like the fail mary could happen and could cost the team home field advantage 
um, or just a playoff spot. And you've got the playoffs coming up. What do you think the NFL can do to fix this problem right now? So uh, I think it's mostly about being consistent because Mm -hmm. going back to what you just said, that Lucas Patrick, I mean, senders and quarterbacks, they're creatures of habit. They need that repetition to know what's going to happen on the snap. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Lucas Patrick doing what he does before the snap, which is something I see almost every center do, to be honest. (laughs) So they called it, they called him for it once. He did it the rest of the game and right. never called it again. So it's right. just like, and he it, called and he, the official, like, I think it was Hockley that said it. Cause you could hear him on the mic and he yeah, said, I told you not up. to do that. Yeah, he said, I, he said, I warned you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and it's like, which going back, that's probably Zimmer's in his ear right before the game. Right. Right. So, right. yeah. So they call him for it, but they don't call him for it again. And same thing last, uh, last night. Yeah. In the Raider game, called the Raider center for it. He did it the rest of the game and they never mm-hmm. called it again. Yeah. So it's just for me, just be consistent. I mean, if you're going to call a game where you're letting them play and you're letting DBs get a little grabby, that's okay. But make sure you call it like that the entire time. Right. Um, if you're calling, if you're not letting them play and you're calling it tough and you're calling it tight, do that the entire game. And it's hard because a lot of this stuff is subjective. Mm-hmm. And there is the argument to be made out there that, okay, not all penalties should be reviewed, but a lot more should. Mm-hmm. I hate to agree with that because all it does is slow the game down. Right. But with the officials getting this much shit wrong all the time, and now mm-hmm. you know now they have that eye in the sky that's supposed to override it, overrule it, and get it right. Mm-hmm. They get it wrong too. It's just to you talk talking about not wanting to admit they're wrong. They won't get. They get a call wrong. They go review it and then they uphold it because they right. don't want to admit that they made the mistake. Right. It's, just like, it's exactly like the pass interference challenge last yes, year. Did yes. any of them ever get overturned? Like, I don't think I, I remember it, it was, any. It was less than 10 over the course right. of the Right. It was season. probably like 1% or 2% of the challenges <laughs> yeah. like got overturned. And it had to have been absolutely obvious. Yeah. And you're, I mean, I don't know if you noticed this, but it kind of seems like it's getting more recognition because now you'll have announcers just flat out saying like, I don't know what that call was. Like, right. Romo like, got was, really heated about something yeah, yesterday. Did. I can't was, remember was, what one it was because there were a lot center. yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Players. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was super pissed about it. He also, the interception, the PI at the yep. end of the game, or I think, it yeah, in overtime again, like, Romo was like, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm pretty pissed about that. Yeah, I mean, you, and, yeah, you got announcers now just straight up calling them out, which I think is great because you mm-hmm. never really had that before. They would kind of, they would kind of, like, thinly veil it like yeah that's close maybe the official saw something we didn't Mm -hmm. and now it's just that was a dumb call (laughs) right like they're just because it's getting ridiculous and it's it's getting to the point that like officials are not the star of the show they should not be super involved like it should be you step aside and call blatant stuff and i know sometimes it gets ticky tack and i get it and i feel for them on those that's why a lot of plays i'm like like the you know there are just times where i'm like i don't know i mean even on the savage interception i i wasn't super pissed about that my pit like i was pissed because they reviewed it and they said it was not an interception however the week before kevin king caught almost an identical pass in the end zone yeah or an interception in the end zone and they reviewed it and upheld it so whoever the fuck is reviewing these it needs to be consistent so it's like it's not even the officials on the field it is like they go the reviews go to like new york that is not a review in-house so new york who is the center oh sorry (laughs) hit my microphone (laughs) um i talk with my hands (laughs) 
the center who's in New York is like not consistent. And the, and like, I get it. It's, it's not going to be consistent from crew to crew, but when right. you're reviewing shit, that needs to be consistent. So yeah, that I mean, is also my issue. Yeah. If you're taking the time to make sure you get it right, get it right. I, right. I mean, and the, the Kevin King one versus the Savage one, I agree. I mean, it looked like the same type of motion and play mm-hmm. to me. I guess maybe the only difference is King was in the end zone. So, you know, who knows what the hell a catch is. I mean, we haven't known right, what a catch right, is cause, cause it's legit a... since the Des Bryant game. Like, since then, we have no idea what, what is and what isn't a catch. Right. And I guess if they determine, like, past that goal line is some holy grail of field where things play out differently, they don't matter, sure. But I didn't see a definitive angle on that savage play that the ball even hit the ground. Right. I can't believe they overturned it. I, I, I mean, it's because it's one thing if, if they called it like a draw, like an incomplete pass. Right. And they upheld. But yeah. They overturned it. I'm like, right. why, how can you look at that and say that that's enough to overturn? And right. and that's why that's what's just it's it's ridiculous. And and, and, and my, my to answer the question, my my answer would be you, you got to start holding these crews accountable. Yeah. Like there, there needs to be. I mean, and maybe maybe there is a talking to that they get, but it needs to be publicly public knowledge. Like we need to hear that these guys are getting fined. That you know there needs to be a PR person that is saying we're disappointed with their performance, and you know blah blah blah. So we can because because otherwise it's like oh no, you won't get a certain playoff game. But but Hockley just got Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, and, <laughs> and they do the you know they'll do the thing the next day where the pool report comes out and it's like this was missed. This was a mistake. Like, okay, thanks. Big deal. Like the the ref doesn't feel any repercussions from that. And there's nothing worse. I think it's a slap in the face. If you're, let's say Matt LaFleur knows there was a bad call and they got Mm -hmm. screwed by it. It's not going to make him feel any better for the next day for the league to send him an email that says, Hey, sorry, that was a bad call. Like, yeah, I already, I already knew you fucked it up. Right. Right. Just like, don't come to me now and say, sorry about it. Cause it doesn't matter anymore. Right. And who's making the decision that it's a bad call because if it's someone in New York, well, they're New York is also reviewing calls. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. So I, I think it needs to be, there needs to be more pressure. I think that's the only way. And money is the ultimate um, motivation, I think, for for it. Players are getting fined for doing stupid shit. Take a percentage, whatever percentage NFL players get fined, find the the officials a percentage if they can't do their jobs consistently. And I mean, in long term, I've thought for a few years now, it's a good idea for them to do full-time officials. I mean, these guys are responsible in a way for the outcome of of games in a billion-dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe they've explored this and they can't find enough people that want to be full-time refs. I have no idea, but yeah. I think long-term, if you want to try to make, you know, it's not, there's nuance to it, but if you want to try to make it easier, just start there and see if you can have guys that their whole job is to officiate these games. hundred percent. All right, so we've ranked right, about yeah. the refs. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got that off our chest. So, <laughs> so my question is going to come comes down to a matchup um, on Sunday. So, what would normally be strength on strength, we're getting robbed of, and it's a strength on weakness at this point because we know how banged up the Packers are on the O line. Um, they just took another hit and lost Elton Jenkins, like we talked about. So they are facing the Rams' defensive line and pass rush who they are coming off two desperate games. They're coming off a bye. Their team overall is getting healthy while the Packers are getting injured, limping into a bye. (laughs) 
And all yeah. most of our injuries are on the old line. So what do you expect Matt LaFleur to do to mitigate that dearth of available players as much as possible? How do they navigate having their strength go up against what is currently right now a weakness for us that normally wouldn't be? Um, I'd start with probably a prayer circle, then um, <laughs> head up to sacrificing a virgin, maybe throwing one into a, into a volcano. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I think, um, I mean, I think it starts with uh, the tight ends getting more involved and I think emphasizing quick throws, which Rogers I'm sure will be very aware of. Um, yeah. And hopefully they really utilize that, but I think it's going to be, we're going to see a lot of Mercedes Lewis and hopefully Lazard will be back. Yep. I think he's questionable. And I think he, um, he will be a huge factor in kind of what they do on the line with blocking. Um, and maybe Aaron Jones will be playing and they can utilize the running backs in, in a blocking position um, because it's, they need help. I mean, yeah. I, I know they're gonna, they're gonna ha stick with what basically they ended the game with, with um, Yash out left and then um, Runyon and then Lucas Patrick and Newman, Newman. and and that glaring Newman, <laughs> Newman, <laughs> Newman. <laughs> um, Newman and uh, Patrick are the, my, where I'm most nervous uh, because I think that Patrick has really struggled at center and um, Newman has also really struggled. I, I did not realize how impactful Myers was because yeah. I was thinking about it this week. And I was like, man, this, this O-line really has just fallen apart. And I was like, oh, it's been about three weeks. And that's yep. when Myers went down. <laughs> and we still have not heard a single thing about him, which is not promising. So yeah. I don't think we're going to have him back anytime soon. So I just think it's going to come down to how creative they get the tight end tight ends involved and, and quick short passes and hopefully establish a running game. So you don't have to rely on the pa passing game. I, I, like I said, a prayer circle, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because we've, you know, Yash has played pretty well, all mm -hmm. things considered. Yes. He's gotten help, which he should. It makes sense. But these teams that he went up against and played well, so you're looking at the 49ers and then the Steelers. So you're looking at, you know, they have really great pass rushes out on the edge there. You got you got a Bosa, you got a Watt brother. The Rams are different because our weakness right now, like you just talked about, is in mm -hmm. the interior. And Aaron Donald is not an end. He's playing mm -hmm. right over the center. He's playing in those, those guard center gaps. So while I have confidence that Yash will hold up with, with the help that he's gotten, you know, they'll help, they'll help out on him with Von Miller. Um, I think I would like to see them kind of play the way the Patriots did under Brady these last couple of years. Like I want a lot of short stuff, mm -hmm. take your shots, take your shots when they're there. Right. right? Rogers is dealing with his toe is his foot, his toe is messed up. It's hurting. Mm -hmm. I don't think, First of all, their line's not going to be able to hold up under a lot of play action, deep stuff. You know, I I could see them running a lot of shotgun and even even kind of remember in 2014 when he hurt his calf, they ran like a lot of pistol. Right. I think you're going to see some of that because they don't want him taking a snap and having to backpedal five, seven step drops right. on the bad foot. Right. On the bad um, foot. Plus they don't even have that time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I would, I would love to see some late, late new England era, Tom Brady, just, mm -hmm. you know, a, a ton of passes between 
two and six yards within, from the line of scrimmage. Right. Um, I Again, I think I've said this four weeks in a row, I would love to see them just run the ball, mm-hmm. um, especially at Von Miller. I mean, Von Miller kind of different body type than Zedarius, but mm-hmm. I, I feel they play the same in that they sell out all or nothing on rush, rushing the passer. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that they're not that they're bad run defenders, but they take themselves out of run plays pretty frequently mm-hmm. because they're specialty and they're just so damn good at getting to the quarterback. Right. So run AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. Yeah, he's practiced the last two days. He's questionable. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to say, "Hey, give him another week and sit him," because then you get the buy. But I mean, if this he's is ready, a huge game. Yeah, it, it's big. I mean, this is a this is going to feel like a playoff game because it certainly has one seed implications. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he's ready to go, I think I think you get a lot of running back work in this game. And mm-hmm. I would, you know, like I said, I would. Uh, we're kind of getting robbed of Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey only because, like, I don't think the line will hold up very long to let a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff develop. Um. So yeah, to sum it up, I I hope they again run the ball a lot, and I would love to see a lot of quick game because the line just will not hold up for this entire game. Right. I I, I get this. I I feel like this is going to be a big Cobb game, and this would be a big Aaron Jones game if he if he's playing. Yeah. If, uh, Aaron yeah. Jones in the passing game. Yeah, um, they can game. exploit that matchup. Right. I think. Right. And um, that that's if he's playing, and hopefully Dylan can take that place. We've seen he does have some some good hands, but. Obviously, Rogers and and Jones have a really great connection, and um, it w- this would be a good opportunity for that to shine. But <laughs> I'm I'm a little nervous, but <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. All right, so my fi- second and final question: So, former division rival Matt Stafford is returning to Lambeau. Uh, do you think he's going to have a significant advantage against a team that he is familiar with that he has played his basically his entire career twice a year? Uh, and are you worried? This is the second question. Sorry, no, okay. uh, are you worried about him facing our depleted defensive backs, particularly um, our corners? So. Stafford is, I wouldn't say that, I don't think he has a significant advantage. Um, we talked about this a little bit. It's just a totally new defense. Um, I mean, they're what they are running at this point in the season does not look anything like what they were running under Mike Pettin right. last year. Um, and he's not played well these last couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. The The buy came for them came for them at a great time. Like ours is coming at a nice time for us. They needed that by, they, they looked bad against the Titans where Stafford threw two terrible picks and then they looked awful. They arguably looked even worse against the 49ers and, you know, Matthew Stafford threw a bad pick to that game where it looked like he was maybe trying to force one to OBJ. Um, so, I mean, we could be, it's kind of how Stafford plays. He, he doesn't stay consistent through the season. He either starts slow finishes great this year it appears like he started great and now he looks like the matt stafford that we're used to mm-hmm. um but i so to answer that first part i don't think there's a significant advantage now am i worried about him facing our secondary i'll say a little bit but not necessarily because it's him it's mm-hmm. just the state of our secondary in general uh right. kevin, kevin king's doubtful he hasn't practiced all week he has a knee and a hip it looks like so we're down another corner. Um, so 
now they've got, you know, Robert Woods is out for the year, so they don't have him, but they've still got Odell. They still have Cooper Cup. Again, we're robbed of Jair and Cooper Cup would is must see TV, so we don't get to see that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I if I'm a little worried for the secondary because I think you could see something similar to last week where Stafford and Cousins they're such different core. I mean, they're not even in the same stratosphere when you get pressure on them. Like they mm-hmm. throw up those absolute gimmies. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We're getting Gary back this week. It looks like he's going to probably play. Yeah, I think he's questionable, but I, I think he was almost played last week. Yeah. yeah, he almost played last week. I got it. You got to think that he's going to play this week. So if if the pass rush can get home, I think he'll give you some opportunities to pick to pick him off a couple of times. But I'm the part that worries me is they are facing a guy in Cooper Cup that's such a good precise route runner. I mean, he's so good at exploiting the zones. Um, and Odell, I mean, he didn't really – he got there and had to play right away because Robert Woods got hurt. Yeah. So they couldn't really do much with him. I mean, he, there's not, he only knew so many plays and all that. So they've had a week off. I'm sure they've installed a good amount of stuff for him. So it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him. Um, I, I don't really know who I think plays over – over Beckham. I mean, who, who they're going to put on him. I guess they're, I, I would guess they kind of rotate. Rasul Douglas will be on him a little bit. Yeah. I, I, think guess. I think they'll line him up in the slot a couple of times and you'll see Chandon Sullivan on him. but yeah. 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 I, I, I definitely agree. I think overall there's not an advantage. I mean, th- there's a comfort level to have he's played at Lambeau, but he's been playing in LA for months now. Like the weather could yeah. play a part. I mean, looking at the forecast, it's supposed to snow Saturday night. It probably won't stick because the ground's probably still going to be a little too warm for it to stick, but maybe, maybe that forecast will push to Sunday and we can get a snow game against get one of those uh, snow globe games. Right. And um, you know, so, and he obviously played in a dome and in with right. the lions. So yeah, there's a potential exactly used to cold weather. Exactly. So there's a potential that, you know, that's not really, an advantage just more that he knows the area he's familiar with it familiar with lambo familiar with the turf um so really that that would be the only possible advantage so i don't really think there's much of one uh and i am definitely worried about him exploiting our (laughs) dbs um because especially we don't know how like you said we don't know how they're going to use obj so we have the packers have no tape on the rams and obj so we have no absolutely no idea what they're going to do like you said you can kind of assume that they might they're going to put him in the robert woods role but um who who the hell knows at this point so i i think the, the good thing is is like you said stafford has really taken a die the last few weeks um their offense has looked really stagnant under him and hopefully that continues i think gary getting back is would be gigantic although they still pressured the hell out of Kirk cousins last week um, yeah but this is a better o-line than than the vikings so i wouldn't expect those results but um this pass rush is just lethal um and and i think that that's a huge advantage that we have but that needs to help out the secondary because they're gonna they're gonna struggle and and i'm hoping that the secondary they feel um pretty embarrassed after last week and i think they do i i I mean stokes and razul both you know struggled like the at towards the end of the game razul didn't turn his head around and um yeah I mean, that, that looked like it could have been a pick six. Oh yeah he, oh it would have been didn't, yeah i mean if he yeah. didn't misjudge that he there was nobody in front of him right right and so he um 
so I, I think they're pretty embarrassed. That that was a pretty, you know, they got punched in the mouth and that secondary did. And and I think they're hopefully going to use that as fuel for the fire. It seems Razul Douglas really thrives off of that yeah. because he's kind of been the underdog, this especially this season, going from a practice squad to being in a starting role. Uh, so I think that hopefully he'll come out on fire. I, I think they're going to get two picks on Stafford. I, I, I really do. And, and I might be optimistic, but I, I think they're, they're going to be embarrassed. So. I will. I will agree that I think he will give them two opportunities without a doubt. Right. Like, Whether I, or not we actually yeah. get them. That's I, I, another I think, question. <laughs> I think there will be two very interceptable passes. So oh, hopefully, hopefully they hang on and your prediction yeah. comes true. Definitely. All right. So my uh, last and final question is, so we've got now, we've got an uncountable amount of injuries overall, but the four long-term impactful ones for this season, for the, what the rest of this year looks like, we've got Bakhtiari, we've got Jair, we've got Z, and we have Myers. So those are some of, I mean, the three of those are in the top five players on the team overall. And Myers is a very important part, even as a rookie. But which combination of those four guys do you think absolutely needs to come back if the Packers are going to keep their Super Bowl aspirations a, a realistic shot? If this was seven days ago, I would have said Myers over Bob, yeah. <laughs> yeah. honestly. Um, but with Elton gone, I, I have to say Bach because yeah. – you need someone that is a, a, an all pro on that line. And um, with Elton gone, he, Bach needs to get back in that position. Um, but I, I did mention like it, Myers was very close, very yeah. close to being that, that other one, because like I said, there's just a gaping hole, you know, between the center and the guard and the right guard that just is, is a mess. And it's been a yeah. mess ever since Myers left. So um and the other one is Jair. I mean, if Jair plays this past week, they win that by double digits, 10 points, I think, you know, because yeah, Justin I, Jefferson, I it, 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 he might've gotten one past Jair, but he's not going to have that kind of game against yeah. Jair because Jair not, is gonna going to get burned once and he's going to be pissed. <laughs> I think he went for like 170 almost. Yeah, that's, yeah, he, not, that's not happening. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I, they, I, I think Jair is just such a huge part of this secondary and because we like we've said i mean these guys are having a hard time turning around and eric stokes is still a rookie he's still learning and he's gonna make those mistakes and you've got jair who is now you know seasoned and he is an all pro and needs to be out there this secondary is really really struggling and you you now have kevin king who's doubtful for sunday um, they just don't have any depth. They're running out of guys. Uh, yeah. So he he really needs to come back. Um, I, I love Z, but this pass rush has not missed him, unfortunately. I hate saying that because I really love him and really would love to see him retire a Packer. I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, I mean, maybe with the merciless deal, I don't know. But um, I, I, I don't think they're they're missing him and and that they will. I, I think they could win a Super Bowl without him playing. Yeah, and I'm I I agree with your combination. I mean, the the Elton Jenkins factor changed this answer completely because there's yeah. no way, there's absolutely no way you can go and do anything significant now without someone of that caliber on the line. So mm -hmm. it sounds, you know, I took it as good news more than bad that Bakhtiari had that. Um, that scope to clean out that scar tissue mm -hmm. 
um, because there's a reason that's the reason why he was practicing and then all of a sudden wasn't. So that should be able to get him back to hundred percent faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jair is just what you can do on defense when you know you can lock down either a player or a side of the field <clears throat> is invaluable. So um, I, I think Z was honestly, for me, Z was closer than he was for you only because now that you have Gary, who won't be a hundred percent arguably right. the rest of the year, you know, who knows if he has to play with this brace on the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you just saw, you know, Garvin just went on COVID list. So you're not going to have That's Garvin true. this weekend. Yeah. So, and now I will say Tiba had a pretty good game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had made two or three plays that I was like, I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. So, like, he, he looked nice out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if and he you know he's going to get a lot of work this sunday because like we said they don't have garvin because he's on covid list so mm-hmm. i i just think in the playoffs the pass rush is so important and the ability to rotate those guys in is so important getting z back would just be huge right um but i i, I do agree with you he's not as necessary as either bakhtiari or jair is um yeah and it's awesome because everyone we're talking about right now s- sounds like you're going to get them back at some point. Yes. Um, the, the one I'm actually the least confident about is Myers only yeah. because we have not heard about him practicing. We haven't heard anything about like, I, I would love a reporter to ask about it because I don't think anybody has. And, and cause I think, I think this is an important hole on the yeah. fucking line right now. Like, yeah, this, I mean, this is a bigger deal than I think. Like, people are much more concerned about Bakhtiari, but I mean, we know we're going to get him back. But Yash locked up Bosa. Yash is, you know, survived um, the Steelers and and he did okay last week, you know, filling in um, for Elton. And and I think he's he's not, like we, we mentioned, like he's not the weak point of the line, especially because against the Rams, it's the interior. And I, I think Myers is a much bigger deal. Like like him not potentially returning this season is is a big deal. Yeah, if you get if you get Myers back, then that gives you the ability to put Newman on the bench and you can put Patrick yeah. you can put Patrick there at right guard. Um yeah. I just think that the I mean you know it's it's fitting. This we had Thanksgiving yesterday. Let's be really thankful that if this was two years ago think of how many of these guys are done for the year. Right. I mean, we're not right. getting any of these guys back. Right. So the NFL, I mean, if there, if you want to say any positive developments came out of the shit mm-hmm. show that was 2020, the, the COVID rules allowed them to implement this three week IR and they kept it. And I think, right. I going, think it's going to be permanent. Yeah. I mean, it definitely needs to be because yeah. I've always thought and, I don't know this isn't groundbreaking analysis. Everyone thought this too. <laughs> the old IR rules were just dumb. I mean, for a guy, if you know, who has a hyperextended elbow or like a toe injury, mm-hmm. something that he has to miss three or four games, you have to sit him the entire season. Right. It's like, ridiculous. I, or or just you or over, just eat 100%. up eat up a roster spot. Yeah. I, like, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I I do get the nuances of it where you say, okay, well, teams could be stashing a player. It's a competitive advantage, like blah, blah, blah. Right. When these are good players getting hurt, when they're healthy again, you want them to play. You're not going to keep them into the playoffs. Right. Cause you need and to like, make the playoffs yeah. and get a good like home field yeah. advantage in the playoffs. Like, so 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just very thankful that we're even talking about having these guys back because it wasn't that long ago that our season's probably over. Oh, yeah. Realistically, because, you know, if you lose all these dudes for half a year, you're like, okay, well. <laughs> right. It would feel hopeless at this point. Yeah. I mean, without without any of these guys potentially coming back, yeah, it would just be completely oh, it would be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> that that would make it, we keep getting these 2010 comparisons, but that would truly make it like 2010 when they had right. 16 guys that couldn't finish the season. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of those injuries, by the time the playoffs rolled around, some of those guys could have come back. Yeah, oh, 100%. And um, yeah, I mean, imagine... Well, I mean, thankfully it worked out, but yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine, I, if, I mean, imagine this secondary right now going yeah. into literally any, any potential NFC. I mean, and, cause they all, the reason that all the NFC playoff players, like it's cause they have good quarterbacks. Yeah. They're going to expose the hell out of the secondary. Yep. So it's thankfully we don't have to worry about that. So hopefully <laughs> Jair will be back. Everybody seems pretty optimistic that he will be at some point. Um, and Bach, I think, um, think he said he's feeling good and there's speculation, um, that he's intending on being, um, playing in the bears game. So yeah, we, I, I think we both, we both marked him for, we predicted the, the bear game would be, we would see him next. So, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that holds up. All right. Well, now we get to the part where we get to predict a score. Um, I'll let you, I'm going to let you go first. Okay. So I will say that I will be the Debbie Downer here. And I, I'm predicting that for the first time under Matt LaFleur that the Packers lose two in a row. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that this team needs the bye so badly. It sucks that we have to have this big of a game before that. Um, I just think, and if, did you have you looked at the injury report for both teams? I haven't looked at the like, Rams one. So the other the other day they had I think two players on their injury oh report. Oh god. And ours looked like a gift receipt. It was like Right. It's it was it's endless. absurd. So it's just you've got one team that for the second week in a row we've got a desperate team, but this is a desperate team that just had a week of rest. They've now had a week to implement their two um blue chip guys that they just got in Von Miller and OBJ you know, according to they expect them to play like blue chip players. So they're going to be a little bit more ingrained into their system. We are just way too banged up on the offensive line. And I know we talked about what they can do to mitigate that. Unfortunately, I mean, we saw something similar to this against KC where we were saying, you know, they really need to, to do things to Malifor really needs to put Jordan Love in the best position. And they kind of just didn't do that. They kind of just ran it looked like the normal offense. And as much as I would love to see them go quick game and stick with it and change things, I just feel like they kind of just want to run what they run. And they don't, they're not all that great at making those adjustments. Mm -hmm. So I think, I do think the Packers are going to keep it close. I don't think they're going to get blown out. I think they're going to look good on Sunday. You know, they, they're, they're back at home. They know they got the buy coming up again. This is going to feel like a playoff game. I just, just because of the extenuating circumstances and everything that they have the, that has been working against us right now, I'm going to say 27, 21. Rams. Okay. Um, 
I'm also going to be a Debbie Downer. And, and <laughs> I, 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 you and I have kind of talked about this a couple. I have mentioned this earlier to start the season. I said, I think if they lose two games in a row, it's going to be the Vikings and the Rams. Yep. Um, because I, I, I've said all year that this Vikings team is much better and, you know, it's at, at Minnesota. And even though I predicted them last week to win, um, I, this was the one where I said I would not be surprised if they lost these two in a row. So I, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it out. They are just too injured. Um, I, I think, and especially because I, I know the offense played spectacularly in the second half, but that is not enough for me at this point because they have really struggled. Um, the last few weeks since Kansas city, really. And and that just coincides with honestly Myers being injured. Like basically when he went out, they have the offensive line has been a mess. Um, Rogers has really looked rusty. um, And I'm sure it has to do with him not practicing. And, you know, while I I totally understand he's got a fractured toe as we all got to see with our own (laughs) eyes, um, you know, that chemistry of, of what you're trying to prepare for. I, I just, I've never played football, so I guess I don't really know, but like, I, I have to imagine that that plays a part when, you know, guys are just not on the same page. And yeah, I mean, even, you know, people, you know, you can say he's the greatest ever or in top right. three greatest ever that they need to practice. I mean, like, right. yes, they've seen so much and they're so talented that if they need to, yeah, they can go out there and just, Get it and done eventually it, it eventually it'll click. I mean, it just but, seems like, yeah. yeah, it just, you need time to right. get into and a rhythm ha- and, 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 and him not playing. Oh, exactly. Because yeah. it took them a while to get some chemistry. They, they started at the end of the second half or the end of the first half. They, everything started to click. And that's like basically all that practice kind of fine. Rogers getting comfortable because he hasn't right. played in seven getting days. Reps. So, right. And so I, I, I'm nervous about the offense part. I mean, partially because they have a great defense and um, better than the Vikings and better than a lot of the ones that they've played the last few weeks. And the offense struggled with bad, like mediocre defenses. And I, I just, I don't, I'm more worried about the offense than the defense this week. Um, I think the defense bounces back. Um a little worried about the corners, but I, I think that last week was very uncharacteristic for how they've played all year. I mean, they've played without, um, without King and Jair multiple weeks, and they've yeah. won against some really good offenses. So yeah. I, I'm I'm le- less worried about the offense, but it's the defense for me. And I was, I mean, to just to add to that, we talked about um, how you know. Or this flip offense, that. I think I said that backwards. But I'm less worried about the defense. It's yeah. more about the offense. That's what I meant. <laughs> the you know to to kind of touch on that we talked about before. You know, we don't necessarily see. Stafford having an advantage because he's, you know, he's never seen this defense. I, it used to be, I mean, as, as early, you know, as recently as last year, Tom Brady, like in that championship game, it seemed like half, like midway through the first quarter and really throughout the rest of the game, they were, they had decided we're just going to, we're just going to Chandon Sullivan and Kevin King, this team to death. Like we're going to target them as many plays as possible and it worked. They were getting worked the entire game. The way this defense is now, there, there's not that glaring, we're going to go attack that guy anymore. And it does, you know, this might sound like I'm contradicting myself because it's unfortunate that King's not playing because mm-hmm. um, he's been playing well. Yeah. Um, but even with, even with him out, there's not a guy that you, the way this defense is, you know, the way they run it, 
to say, we're going to put our best guy over here and we're just going to beat this guy all game. So I do think that Joe Barry is got some things in store. I mean, again, this is his old team. Remember? I mean, right. That is a great, yeah, that's a great point. He's very familiar with this particular offense. Right. Um, So I think that I I agree with you. I think the defense is going to look pretty good. I just, I I know I predicted a six point game. I, I don't think it's one of those where the, the Rams pull away late. I think we see similar to what we saw last week where Mm -hmm. the Packers are kind of fighting back the whole game Mm -hmm. and they just kind of run out of gas trying to do that for an extended period. Right. And something we didn't even touch on um, and we're, (laughs) we've gone way over time here, but uh, is, is the, the special teams unit really struggling? Um, so yeah, Mason probably, Crosby in particular, yeah. which we could go another hour just to talk about that. But, <laughs> but I like, that's another concern that, that I have is, is can Mason hit, you know, a 40 yeah. plus yarder and, or, um, or something, you know, even shorter, he's missed some shorter kicks and there's just something going on and, and I don't know what it is, but you know, there's just some bad juju around that entire special yeah, teams he, unit. I mean, there's just a that, curse. He hit that long one in the Viking game, and I, yeah. I, I texted my friend. I was like, "That was a huge kick. Like, it's awesome for him to get his groove back. Like, we're gonna need that." And then he misses a 35 yarder. Right. Next, right. Next time, and you know, he, as he, as he would, he's a leader. He's been, he's a seasoned veteran. Like he mm-hmm. said, like put it all on me. Like I got to make the kicks. Yeah. Now they haven't all been on him. We know that for sure. Right. But it definitely did look like that one he missed last week. Hold looked good. The snap looked good. He just chunked it and hit the hit the goalpost. So yeah. You know, it seems like he's getting kind of the yips, and yeah. maybe it has to do with he's adjusting because he's had some bad holds. Um, so he's overcompensating for that because he's nervous. It's all in his head that it's just getting in his head. So. I, I just think that's another layer to this of, of all sides of the ball are really struggling right now. Well, I shouldn't say struggling. They're not playing up to their talent. Yeah. 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 What, what they're capable of, they are not even close to that, which is why I, I, I said the word optimism to start this week is, is last week's loss against the Vikings was on them a hundred percent. I mean, give yeah. credit to jo- Justin Jefferson for playing well and the offense for scheming open. But again, Kirk didn't Kirk, his stat line says he was great, but he was not great. <laughs> like he, he really, <laughs> he really made some risky throws that should have been picks and easily could have were drops right in the numbers, like should have been picks. So I, I, I don't think, I, I think, you know, even if they lose this game, the optimism is still there that this team is really, really wounded. They really need this buy and they have high talent. Things just are not fitting into place at certain times, which is a little odd, but there's a lot going wrong. A lot of chemistry that's a little off because there are a lot of guys missing. So right. I, ju- and, I just think it's no reason to hit the panic button if they lose. And what I, yeah, and I was, that's actually leads yeah. perfect into my last point. What I was going to say is yes, this is a big game. This is probably the matchup of the year to this point, just mm-hmm. like we had earlier when we had the Cardinals, that was the matchup of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, be very prepared. You know, anyone listening, if the Packers end up losing this game, all you're going to hear is, you know, is this team not as good as we thought? They've lost two in a row. You know, now they they no longer have the one seed. The Rams have a tiebreaker because we're going into a bye after this. So there's very much going to be a lot of rhetoric around the Rams, especially if they win. Mm-hmm. 
the way this team operates best for a lot of these players is they like to be not necessarily the underdog, but they like to be doubted. We know Rogers does. They, they play some of their best football when they are flying under the radar. And if they end up not winning on Sunday, they're very much going to be flying under the radar because they will have lost to the team that people will anoint as, you know, the new favorite, Mm -hmm. but the, the guys they have coming back, are far and away the biggest influx of talent that any team is going to get the rest of the season. Right. So the guys they have coming back have the opportunity to completely rejuvenate this team. And this is like the stretch run that we, that we've been talking about. So Mm -hmm. they, they, they will, they will still be in a good spot to get that one seed in my opinion, because the Rams still have to play the Cardinals again. Right. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and the Packers could easily win out with their schedule. Um, yeah. Like, I I, th- I think that there's a lot of a lot of teams that they're playing that aren't very good or that have really taken a dive. I, I think th- after this game, it's very winnable. So if they lose, yeah. like, ending the season 13-4, and four, I, I think could get the one seed. Yeah, we talked about um, – I forgot which, which show it was, but we talked about that this streak that they're, they're on right now of, of in their schedule – this I said that would define their season, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. And this is the last game of that stretch. Yep. And they have so far done very well. If they yep. lose these, if they lose these last two on the tail end, it's unfortunate. But they put themselves in a good position to to make the playoffs with a high seed. I mean, we know they're going to win the division. Right. Um, the generally, like the way I look at it is, if you win seven of your home games now this is with an old 16 game schedule mm-hmm. but if you win seven of your home games and then you split on the road right you're looking at 11 wins yeah so that's a that that's a good season yeah so they they still have that opportunity to everything's right in front of them regardless of what happens on sunday but man it would be awesome if they can pull this off because what a huge ego boost going into the bye week right and and getting healthy and everyone can relax and not have to think about losing this game for because i also think it's going to be tight i i think it's going to be 28 25 rams um i i and i'm hoping it's not the the three is not (laughs) (laughs) because that happened last week and yeah so I, i really would love for it to not that to not be a missed field goal but um, I, I think it's going to be a, a three-point game. I think it'll be close, and I think that um, I, I think I because I, and it's going to hurt. Like I feel like it's going to it'll be close. It's not going to be like a blowout where we're like right. by the third quarter we know they're not winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough. Like it might if it ends up being twenty-eight, twenty-five, and they lose by three points or by four points or five, like within one score. I think it's going to be a rough bye week. I think everyone's going to be thinking about it. And hopefully it will motivate them, but um, we'll see. But I would love to crush the Bears at Lambeau, so let's let's get her done. <laughs> I hope I hope we're both wrong. <laughs> yeah, me too. So. Me too. I, I think every time we predicted them to lose, we've been wrong. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? All right, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Ferd Turgeson. It's F E R D underscore T U R G E S O N. And I was also on the guest panel. Uh, for carry the G this week uh, over at Cheesehead TV. So if you want to go on YouTube and check that out, I got to chat with AJ Dillon. Always enjoy that show. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at H E R O I N E. 
Um, and you can find me on On Brand and Off Topic at On Brand Off Topic. We release shows, episodes every Tuesday um, with Todd and Jimmy. It's a fucking shit show. So um, <laughs> please enjoy that. Uh, and we will um, see you next week. Uh, hopefully, you know, talking about the buy and kind of where they're at. Um, and again, sorry, this is so long. Hey, phrasing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Bye. Go Paco. Go Paco. Go Paco.